Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. On tonight's program, we bring you an interview with Chesa Boudin from San Francisco's Public Defender's Office around this crucial time with the passing of San Francisco's Public Defender Jeff Adachi. We also bring you an interview with Omar Sosa, who shares with us some of his innovative sounds and a little bit of context on to where he's going musically. And we also bring you a ticket giveaway to a couple exciting shows happening here in the Bay, along with a calendar of upcoming events. All this and much more, stay tuned. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Kuznir, and today we're very lucky to have on the phone with us Chase Boudin. He's been working in the Public Defender's Office for quite a while, and we're here to talk to him about a lot of innovation that's happening out of San Francisco, looking at how we can make San Francisco a more just place, working to address the way poor people are treated in the justice system. Before we get started, Chase, it's really important to talk about someone who I know you've worked with closely, Jeff Adachi. Please talk to us a little bit about the impact he's had on San Francisco and your work as well, working with him closely. Well, thank you for having me, Julieta. It's always good to be here with you, and it, it is a sad time for San Francisco, for the Public Defender's Office in particular, but for the criminal justice community uh, as a whole and, and really across the country. Jeff Adachi was a legend in his own time. He was a giant. He was someone who really was a public defender for the people and who pushed the boundaries of what it meant to be a public defender. Jeff was someone who inspired and mentored and led a generation of of young lawyers, and um, there are people who've learned from him and benefited from his mentorship working in a wide range of social justice capacities across the state and, and beyond. One of the areas that uh, Jeff knew was critical to having a fair and just criminal system was uh, money bail, and it's an issue that I got to work on for years thanks to his support and it's an issue that has made tremendous progress in the last couple of years. And even this week, we won a critical, long-awaited victory in federal court in our efforts to challenge money bail. And I'd love to talk with you about that and, and a bit about how money bail plays such a pervasive and discriminatory role in the criminal justice system and, and why Jeff and, and I and so many others have been fighting hard to eradicate it. So I'm speaking to Chase Boudin. He is talking to us about this issue of cash bail and also the passing of close colleague um, Jeff Adachi, who recently just passed away suddenly. Talk to us about what cash bail means in terms of what does it look like for people who are caught up in the criminal justice system? What difference does it make that we have this process? In very uh, short description, cash bail is a mechanism to allow rich people to buy their way out of jail, no matter how dangerous they are, while ensuring that poor people get stuck in jail, no matter how weak the evidence against them may be. In other words, if someone gets arrested and they can afford to pay, they go home no matter what. If someone can't afford, they stay in jail no matter what. It's a system that transfers millions of dollars every year, primarily from poor working folks of color to private for-profit bail bond companies, 
and that has absolutely no connection to public safety or any other legitimate government interest. And the result is that those who are too poor to pay languish in jail and often plead guilty simply as a way to get out, regardless of the strength of the evidence against them. Well, folks who may be legitimate flight risks or dangers to society end up being able to walk out of the jailhouse door after just a few hours. Jay Zabudin, as you and others imagine another world where this isn't the case, what kind of system do you envision? I envision a system in which whether someone is held in custody while they await trial depends only on the flight risk they present and the danger they present. Those factors should be determined by a judge and in some cases with the assistance of a risk assessment algorithm, and it should not be based on money or wealth at all. In other words, if we are going to take the step of depriving someone of their liberty simply because they've been arrested and accused of a crime, it needs to be done based on facts, based on a detailed, rigorous inquiry into that individual and the likelihood that they will harm someone or flee if they're released. It should have nothing to do with how much money is in their bank account. Chesa, so you alluded to the fact that this actually is affecting low-income communities most of all because it is an issue of income and being able to put up that cash for the bail. And you mentioned that this is impacting communities of color more than others. So we're a show focusing on Latino issues, issues affecting communities of color, equity issues, justice issues. So tell us about other issues that you see right now as most pressing in the criminal justice system that are primarily affecting communities of color or Latinos especially. There's a wide range of ways in which the criminal justice system disproportionately punishes and impacts communities of color, Latinos, African Americans in particular. San Francisco, for example, is under 5% African American, and yet the county jail is more than 50% African American. And Latinos are also disproportionately represented in county jail. You know, what we see is that at every step of the process, you know, policing, charging, convictions, sentencing, at every step, we see a disproportionate impact with people of color, Latinos and African Americans primarily being hit the hardest. Now, with regard to the Latino community, there's a particular issue, which is that, you know, there are ways in which the criminal justice system continues to discriminate against immigrants. When someone is punished for a crime in California, the law requires that the the district attorney is a new law and a really important law that unfortunately is not being respected by many prosecutors across the state. The law requires that if someone is not a U.S. citizen, their immigration status, whether you know with documents or without documents, be factored in and be, a, be something that the district attorney considers when negotiating a plea deal or seeking a sentence. Unfortunately, many district attorneys refuse to do that in a way that, that, that meaningfully considers the implications. And, and, and what that results in is many people who are not citizens get punished twice, once for the crime they may have committed, and again, by immigration authorities as a result of that criminal conviction. It's essential that we make sure we treat everybody equally in the criminal justice system. That means not discriminating against them because they're poor and not punishing them doubly because they happen to not have been born in this country. That's the voice of Chesa Boudin. We are talking about San Francisco's process of criminal justice, the justice system in the city. So you are embarking on this very exciting campaign right now. You are entering this race to become district attorney. So why don't you talk to us a little bit, Chesa, about your background and all the work you've done and some of the things that have helped prepare you for this very crucial role in the city? 
Well, thank you, Julieta. You know, I've grown up visiting my biological parents in prison because when I was just 14 months old, they were arrested and sentenced to long prison terms. As early as I can remember, I've been going through a metal detector and steel gates just to give my parents a hug. So, you know, this is uh, something that I've been thinking about my entire life. And as early as high school, I started speaking out uh, in support of other children with incarcerated parents. When I was a freshman in college at, at Yale, I learned that one of my childhood friends from our mother's prison visiting room had himself ended up incarcerated on the same cell block as my father. Um, ultimately, he was released from prison and deported. And so the, the contrast in our lives and the opportunities that I had, um, partly because of the color of my skin and the financial resources that my family was able to muster to support me, you know, it was a very stark contrast between what happened to other children with incarcerated parents. And so, um, you know, throughout my life, because of my parents' incarceration, my father remains incarcerated today, I've thought about ways to make the criminal justice system work better. You know, when you visit prisons as a child, you learn some difficult lessons. And, and one of the main lessons I learned was just how profoundly broken the criminal justice system is. It doesn't work for victims of crime. It doesn't work for the family members of those accused of crimes. And it doesn't make us more safe. In fact, the way we do it in San Francisco and across the country actually makes us less safe. We have a revolving door where people are not treated for their mental illness or their drug addiction, and they're dumped back on the streets, even less likely to succeed than they were before their arrest. I'm running for district attorney because I understand the ways in which the system is broken, and I'm eager to work with all of San Francisco to fix it. Chesa, so you worked in the public defender's office, and you continue to do work in the public defender's office. So, Chesa, talk to us about the work that you've done with Jeff Adachi and others in the public defender's office and some of the stories around who you've been defending and how that then translates to becoming district attorney and how some people may see that as, wow, well, how will your role shift and how do you see that role changing? Since I started at the public defender's office under Jeff Adachi, I've spent far more time in the courtrooms of San Francisco's Hall of Justice than all of my opponents in this race for district attorney combined over the last six years. You know, every day I'm in court working with judges, with prosecutors, with people accused of crimes, with the families of those directly impacted by the system, and with the communities impacted by crime. Our goal is to find meaningful and lasting solutions that break the cycles of incarceration and recidivism. You know, my policy work and my impact litigation work has been informed by my daily practice, handling individual cases, serving individual people. And one of the things that I've tried to do throughout my career is identify through my daily practice, my direct service work, areas where the criminal justice system is profoundly broken and unjust and find ways to systematically correct those injustices. So for example, when I first started at the San Francisco Public Defender, my goal was to make sure that San Francisco stopped cooperating with ICE and stopped facilitating deportations. And also to make sure that San Francisco's public defenders had the ability to properly advise non-citizen clients about the implications of the charges they faced. Luckily, I was able to persuade the sheriff to stop honoring immigration detainers. And that was months before San Francisco became a sanctuary city. I also was able to persuade the San Francisco public defender and Jeff Adachi to hire an immigration attorney, which now has become an entire unit fighting to ensure equal treatment and defense of non-citizens. 
the next thing I moved on to is, you know, with money bail. I saw how discriminatory and unfair it was for people to plead guilty simply because they were poor and needed to get out of jail. So I began filing legal challenges in federal court and state court to the money bail system. Just this Monday, actually, on the day of Jeff Adachi's memorial at City Hall, a case that I filed back in October of 2015 won a major victory. A federal judge said that San Francisco's use of bail in the period between arrest and the first court appearance is unconstitutional. It's a major victory, something we've waited for and fought for for many years, and something that I initiated because I saw how unjust it was every day in the courtroom for individual people impacted by the bail system. Similarly, I've worked on a, a wide range of other projects to help level the playing field and eradicate injustice. For example, wealthy people immediately hire a lawyer as soon as they're arrested or under criminal investigation. In most parts of the country and in San Francisco, until I helped launch a pretrial release unit, the poor folks who got arrested sat in jail for days uh, and never had an opportunity to be represented or meet with a lawyer until they were brought to court, often two to four days after their initial arrest. Well, now, thanks to my work and my partnership with Jeff Adachi and, and city government, we have a funding stream to have two lawyers who go into the jail every day and interview people who've been arrested and make sure they understand what they're going through and what the next steps in the process are. It also helps make sure people don't lose their jobs while they're in jail being investigated and that they get the medication that they need from jail health services. Those kinds of policy changes and uh, impact litigation work are directly informed by my daily practice serving individual people accused of crimes. And as district attorney, I hope to be able to dramatically expand the impact and the speed of which we make these critical reforms and eradicate the injustices that pervade the criminal system. That's the voice of Chesa Boudin. We're talking about his work in the public defender's office and also his current campaign for district attorney. Chesa, so this is a time where a lot of people are a little scared in San Francisco because Jeff Adachi has been such a powerhouse and such an important force fighting for people who have been marginalized in the city. And I think people are looking to see how is that void going to be filled. So you've talked about the work that you've done that lead you to this point that you're, that you're working on this campaign. Talk to us about the role itself. Some people may think, oh, d- what difference does it make who we have as district attorney? Yeah, Juliet, that's a great question. I mean, you know, in the context when I decided to run for district attorney, there was one thing that was absolutely certain in San Francisco's uh, criminal system, and that was the strength and independence of the public defender. You know, Jeff Adachi was just sworn into a new four-year term. He had run unopposed in his last election. And it was a context in which, regardless of who the district attorney was, they were going to be balanced by a strong independent public defender. That is now in jeopardy. We don't know who the mayor is going to appoint, uh, as we talk today, to replace Jeff. And we don't know what will happen in the new election that will be held in November for the public defender. That makes the stakes of the district attorney's race all that much higher. It is essential that we have a progressive, reform-minded prosecutor who understands and treats the root causes of crime rather than simply punishing the symptoms. Now, the district attorney, for those who aren't familiar, is the most powerful role within the criminal justice system. The district attorney is responsible for deciding who to charge with what crimes and what deals to offer or what sentences to seek after trial. 
it is a critical role. Uh, it's, it's the kind of thing where the discretion that is exercised goes to the very heart of whether we have a system based on racial disparities and, and class inequality or whether we have equal enforcement of the law. As district attorney, I'm committed to enforcing the law equally, regardless of race, national origin, job title, or wealth. We need to systematically and transparently eradicate racial disparities. We need to hold police accountable if they violate the law. We need to hold landlords and employers accountable if they illegally evict or steal wages from the people who live in their homes or work in their businesses. For far too long, the law has been a one-way street enforced unilaterally against poor people and people of color and, and immigrants. The law should and must apply equally. Otherwise, the entire system loses integrity. That's why I'm running for district attorney. And Chase, if there are people listening and they would like to get involved with the race and offer support, how can they do that? That'd be great. I'd love support from folks. And the easiest way is to go to my website, www.chaseaboudin.com. That's C-H-E-S-A-B-O-U-D-I-N.com. ChaseaBoudin.com. I've had the pleasure to speak to Chase Boudin. He is currently in the public defender's office, but he is campaigning right now for district attorney of San Francisco. And we really appreciate your update on what's happening now in the criminal justice system in San Francisco and also this urgent crossroads and how people can stay alert and stay attuned to what's happening on the ground. Thank you so much, Chase, for your time. Thank you, Julieta. After this song, we want you to call in and we're going to give away two pairs of tickets to see Las Racas plus special guests on Saturday, March 16th at 9 p.m. at the New Parish. That's 1743 San Pablo Avenue in Oakland. You can find out more about this show at thenewparish.com. At the end of this song, we're going to give tickets away to our 5th and 10th callers. We're going to give away two pairs of tickets to see Las Racas plus special guests on Saturday, March 16th at 9 p.m. at the New Parish, 1743 San Pablo Avenue in Oakland, California. You can find out more about this show. It's going to be a good one. Thenewparish.com. Um, we want people to share with us where are Las Racas from.
me gusta tu estilo Lastimarte sería prohibido Y que no te dé pena Si la mujer es más buena Son la morena Oye mami no te dejes engañar Hay una cosa que te debo informar Mucha gente a ti te quiere difamar Porque saben que tú eres number one La mamá de mi papá venera La mamá de mi mamá venera Ay como quiero a mi negra Latina, africana, ella toda son bella Esto va para toda mi negrita La triqueña también la culiza Esa guía de sí que tan bonita Mi lista son las favoritas Es especial, sobrenatural to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Brenda Yescas. And on tonight's program, I have the legendary seven-time Grammy-nominated composer, band leader, and pianist, Omar Sosa. Bienvenidos a La Raza Chronicles, Omar. Hola, hola, hola. Es un placer, un placer. It's always a pleasure to be in a beautiful program like, like you have. Contigo, <laughs> ahí en La Raza con mi gente. Está <laughs> bueno. ¿Cómo está tu tour? ¿Cómo va todo? How's your tour going? Bien, bien. Estamos, estamos ahora, estamos en Montreal con, con una nieve increíble, con dos metros de nieve en la calle. Pero, pero hay, 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 hay un buen ambiente, lo que estuvo frío, pero, pero bueno. Está bueno. Y estuvimos primero en, en Boston, luego tocamos en, en New York City. Now we're in Montreal, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna play tomorrow. And uh, and uh, later we go to play in, in Quebec. We're gonna have a little tour here in Canada. And uh, after that we go to we go to New Jersey. And I think after that we go to the to the California. Mi adorada California. El clima estará mejor. The weather's gonna be better. So you've been doing music for a long time now. So tell me how you got started playing the piano. Well, uh, I need I, I need to say first. I study percussion. I I have a classical degree on, on percussion. I study in the National School of Art in Havana. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, in the beginning, uh, my idea was it was basically to play to play percussion. But uh, you know, unfortunately, here in Cuba, by that time, I think uh, even today, we don't have uh, uh, too many xylophone, marimba, and vibraphone. And this is what the instrument I I I try to play from from the beginning. And I always I I always see see a piano around me in in Cuba, yeah, out of tune, but but was a piano. And I say, well, if I if I don't have the instrument I like to play, I need to find another instrument to express myself. And I I found the piano, and I think, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. now my complicidad, <laughs> my love, and my and my desire to 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 express myself to the to the piano is a is a única y personal. Y the the way I look at the, the piano is like a 88 drums 
con, con una, una, una afinación como la que tiene el piano. So I, I press myself like a percussion player through the piano. ¿Y de vez en cuando todavía tocas la marimba y la percusión en tu, en tu música? Yes, yes, I play percussion in uh, all my records. Uh, but not all the percussion. Uh, in every record I play one miscellaneous percussion or, or I play marimba or I play vibraphone or I play some, uh, some new African instrument. I, I always uh, look around, but uh, yo, no puedo, yo no puedo dejar la percusión al lado porque sin, sin ritmo no hay vida. <laughs> Y si sin ritmo no hay movimiento, y para mí el movimiento es muy importante para mí. Be around percussion and, and play percussion is made me, made, me, made me happy, made me alive. <laughs> and speaking of movimiento and instruments, I feel that almost all your albums or all your albums take us on a musical and spiritual journey. What, what is your process for creating and recording music? Well, yeah, basically when I compose music, the first I do is try to channelize my emotion through music. And I, I have a philosophy that for me it's really important to look what I, what I have around and try to express uh, through music. And, and especially with, uh, yeah, with, my, with my, my last few projects, I basically try to pay tribute to one of the, one of the fundamental elements in this planet is the water. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go to to the next project. It's gonna come out uh, next year when we play uh, music with musicians from Africa. Yeah, it's from South Africa, from from Senegal, from uh, uh, Mozambique, from New York, from Cuba, yeah, from Cameroon. And for me, yeah, when when I have the opportunity to play with different musicians, uh, the composition is in a way with multi-culti colors, and and this is this is one of the most beautiful things I I found uh, with the music I play and with the music I I create because I feel myself a world world citizen musician, and it's, it's nothing complex. It's just I try to be honest with myself and express what my spirit and the ancestors try to tell me. And it's always in a spiritual, in a spiritual way because, I, like I said before, I channelize, I channelize what they try to tell me. The only thing I do, I translate things. And I call myself a translator, you know, an alchemist. That, that's it. I don't, I don't push nothing. I just try to blend, blend. All, all the information I have around me and all, all, all my emotions to music. And you've been a busy man, like you mentioned, the last couple of years recording uh, three albums in terms of talking about agua and, and essences, right? The first one is uh, Transparent Water with Senegalese artist Cora player. Yeah, yeah. yeah Seku Keita? Okay, yeah, Seku uh-huh. Keita, yeah. Y Essensual with the NDR Big Band, y después Aguas with Cuban violinist. Uh, with Gillian Cañizares, uh-huh. the new generation of, a, of, a, of the great Cuban, Cuban music school. And, well, and, and actually, I, I already finished, and yet the, the record is going gonna, is gonna to come out 
next year is going to call back zero. This is the record. This is the, what, I, what I what I talked to you before. Is this is a musician from uh, from from different part of Africa and uh, into New York and Venezuela and Cuba. And actually, I work in another project now. It's going to be for two twenty one. Is with musicians from nine countries of East Africa, uh, and musicians from from France, and and, my, and myself. And you know what? Uh, it's like you say. And I like to be busy because you know we live only one life, and if we don't express ourselves in this life, yeah, we don't want to come back. Maybe we come back as a as a spirit, but no, no, as a physical uh, as a physical body in the in the earth. Como no, no venimos como una, como una persona física, a lo mejor venimos como, como un espíritu como, y pasamos a través de otra materia, otro ser humano, pero yo creo que, yo, I think it's, it's really important to do what you, what you feel and to do what you think now, because we live now. And this is why I keep myself busy. Sometimes I keep myself busy because I want to, I want to be busy. <laughs> One thing I like about your recent music, I feel like you're you're showing the, your passion for African music. I feel as well because there's African roots in Cuban music, right? So can you tell oh, me? Yeah. Uh-huh, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, I I call Cuba the province of Africa. Yeah, Africa is a continent. You know, Cuba is in the Caribbean, but if you if you put Cuba inside of Africa. It doesn't change. It's going to be the same in a way. We're talking about in music, we're talking about tradition. Why? Because our main tradition is is based on African roots. You know, in, in Cuba, you know, we have a Santeria, we have the Abacua, the religion, and they all come from from, from West Africa. And and we have a we have a Congolese, we have a, a, a Congolese tradition in Cuba with a, with the religion of Palo Monte, and. They all come from Africa, and it's interesting because when when you go to let's say when you go to Nigeria, you listen to but you but you listen in the contemporary way, and some people from from Nigeria they come to Cuba to 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 relearn their own way of play bata, and actually the bata drum was coming from Nigeria, so we are we are brothers and sisters in, in many areas. And one of the fundamental is, is the music, is the, is, is the tradition, is the musical tradition. So our connection, you know, is, is there. It's like it was for, with Puerto Rican music, eh, with the music of a, of a Dominican Republic, with the music from Jamaica. Africa have it really, really strong in the Caribbean and in the United States, in the South America. It's, it's impossible to avoid the, the, African, the African roots. In the, in the music of, of all our areas. I want to play a track, a couple of tracks off of your latest albums. The first one I feel that we should play, because it has to do a lot with San Francisco, is la canción que se llama Chacha Dunor de tu álbum Esensual. ¿Puedes decirnos un poco de esa canción, what it's about? Well, yeah, this is, a, this is a, one of my, one of my, my elders, my older songs, you know, my old, the oldest composition. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote that piece when I arrived to, to the Bay Area in 1995. Yeah, 1995, a few years ago. And I, one of the first places I went was a, a Café du Nord. And actually, I played 
a lot of time in that place. And I wrote, I wrote a piece in a, in a tribute to to Café du Nord. It's, it's, it's called Chacha du Nord. And it's tin tin It's cha cha cha. It's kind of groovy. It's kind of groovy song. It's a, it's based on a traditional, a popular Cuban rhythm. It's called cha cha cha. And actually, I really love that that rhythm because it's a rhythm to dance. And I the, I played that song. I don't know how many times in the Bay Area. I used to play a lot. <laughs> In 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 uh, like I said before in Café du Nord and and this was basically one of the the last piece of the concert and now we you know we we did a version after all of this this year we recuperated that song and and we did a version with the with the big band and we have the 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 gift and the and the great opportunity to have Mr. Jack Morelenbaum to make the the the, the arranger of, of the song. And he did a great, great job because he's one of the best arrangers I, I ever, I ever listened in my in, in my in my life. And he's one of my mentors. He's one. He's, he's he's my teacher. And actually, he arranged my first big band record it's called Ceremony. And with this with this uh, second record, yeah, we we both agree that of made the arranger in a cool and a subtle way with a lot of space and peaceful mood. And you have the cha-cha-cha with a really traditional way, but at the same time with contemporary sound. I hope uh, the, the people the people in the Bay Area, they know the, that, that song, like the, the, new, the new version, Cha-Cha du Nord, in, in tribute to Café du Nord in San Francisco.
want to play another track of your one of your latest albums with Seiko Keita, Transparent Water. The song we're going to play is Fateleku. Tell us a little bit about that song. Well, Fatelecu Fatelec is, is based on one traditional pattern of the Cuban, uh, Cuban music. It's, uh, and actually, basically, the Somontuno pattern. Yeah, with the with the Somon Tuno Tumbao. Yeah, in, in in Senegal they love traditional Cuban dance music. That kind of that kind of rhythm is really, really, really well accepted in in Senegal. And Seku he did a version he did a version with the Cora and behind the melody yeah, you can hear one one of the most popular Cuban songs is called El Manicero. I'm doing tune, but at least <laughs> but at least this is the groove. And 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 he sings in Wolof some 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 uh, some traditional some traditional song on top of this Somontuno uh, groove based on the Manicero. And this is why I really love I really love that song. With that song we have another instrument is really similar to the Kora because the Kora is the African harp. But in that song you can you can hear the Koto. The Koto is a is a string instrument for Japan. And the Kora is the African Koto and the Koto is the African Kora. And in one of the so, in, in one of the moments of the song, you you can hear the the koto do the solo in in the Japanese by on top of the of the Cuban of the Cuban groove the Cuban pattern, and after that you listen the kora do another solo. And sometimes they are both played together. And you mo- I don't know if, if some people can uh, identify the kora and the koto because they are both have basically similar sound. And for us, it was really beautiful to have this kind of, this kind of blend of these two beautiful instruments. It's come from different parts of the planet, but play inside of, of, the, of the Cuban tradition. And this is Fateleco.
to the amazing pianist and composer Omar Sosa. You've collaborated with so many musicians like Susana Vaca, trumpeter Paolo Fresu, and Bay Area's own John Santos and, he- and Jesus Diaz. Who's next on your wish list? Yes, one is for India, the great Trilo Gurtu, who, I, who, who, are, who for me is one of, the, one of, one of my, my master and my mentor. And and now uh, with the next uh, record is going to come out next year, I have the the great pleasure and honor to work with Manu Dibango. Manu Dibango is is one of the one of the pioneers of the African jazz, the the contemporary African jazz, and yeah, with with his 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 rhythm on Sol Makosa. I don't know if you remember that. that so, mama, 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 makusa, mama, 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 kusa. Was made popular by Michael Jackson, but this mama, 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 makusa is Manu Dibango, and this is this is the record is gonna is gonna come out next year. And well, I'm I'm always I'm always open to collaborate with with musicians from all over the world. You know, I work with Greg with Greg Landau. Yeah, we have a record together. It's called a Do Dio Day of in the Garage. I think maybe it's, it's a good idea if you find one one of these uh, this tracks because a few few months ago in in Japan, I went to Japan and and somebody somebody. Put a put a song, and I I I enjoyed it. So I asked, "Well, who play?" And the guy told me, "Well, it was a guy called Omar Sosa, Andre Andre Landau." And I tell the guy, "Well, I'm Omar Sosa." 
and was interesting because I forget that that uh, that that song, and now I try to recuperate that that record we we make. I don't know, maybe about 20 years ago, and it's really, really, really beautiful mix of San Francisco, Oakland, Cuba, uh, Mexico, and African music. Yeah. Well, speaking of Greg Landau, I was wondering, are you ever going to do a reunion of all the band members of the Oaktown Irawo, the, the the amazing album you guys made here in the Bay Area as well? Do you have any plans of a reunion? Well, you know, we, we start talking about, yeah, we start talking about this. I Well, definitely I want to see Greg now when I arrive to the Bay Area. Yeah, uh, well, we are, we are basically a family. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's a great idea, and I think it, it can be really, really, really inter- interesting to re-release Oaktown in a wall and in vinyl. And I just, you, gave me, you gave me a great idea now to, to re-release Oaktown in a wall vinyl. And, yes, that and would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, with Jesus Diaz, with, with uh, David Garibaldi, yeah, with, yeah, with Josvani Terry, Paul Hanson. Bill Ortiz, uh, yeah, maybe we need to call Rosanne in, 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 in Barcelona because Rosanne lives in Barcelona, even if I don't see him. But, yeah, we can call him, and we can make it it's a great reunion. You know, it's a great idea, great idea, great idea. I think uh, maybe soon, soon we're going to have a Oktown in Abu again. <laughs> Speaking of the Bay Area, you'll be playing a couple of shows next week at the Freight and Salvage, March 20th and 21st. Can you tell our listeners what they can expect? Love, unity, good time, music full of soul, spirit, and light, and communion, unity. Yeah, yeah. Basically, we live in the world of interesting moments. Yeah, I prefer to say, to to be positive and say interesting. (laughs) Yeah, and I think... in music, it can put people together and bring hope, unity, light, and peace. It's always well received. And this is what, what will, will happen with Transparent Water, with Cuqueta from Dakar, Senegal, on Cora, with Gustavo Valles from Caracas, Venezuela, play Afro-Cuban percussion, African percussion, and Afro-Venezuelan percussion, and myself on piano, and a few keyboards, and some electronic, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna present the entire record, Transparent Water. With this record, we pay tribute to the fundamental element of this planet, the water, the clean water. With yeah, we face a lot of problems with the water in the planet, and one of the one of the places we face some problem with the water is California. Not only Africa, it's California, it's Senegal, Venezuela, Cuba. A lot of places, and we try to conscience people with with this record and with this music the important role of the water in this planet, and how important it is to take care and love Mother Nature. And through music, we try to say this because we think this is our mission as artists and musicians: try to conscience people and tell people everything can be better. If we love each other, if we come together, if we think, and if we help each other, and we sharing each other what we have. And this is what we do with the music, sharing our energy, sharing our love, and sharing our peaceful attitude with the life and with the world.
Thank you for that. Also, where can our listeners find out more information about you and your music? Well, you can find in 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 my web my web page uh, and on Facebook, Omar Sosa Music on Instagram, Omar Sosa Music on Twitter. I think uh, it's Omar Sosa Music too. And once again, you're playing March 20th and 21st at the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley, really close to KPFA. <laughs> yeah, really close. And actually, I need to say, I love this place. We play at that place for the first time in last year or a few years ago. And I fell in love with that place. You know, I, 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 was, I, I was living in San Francisco, in the Bay Area for, for two years. And now, you know, I, this is one of the the place I really love because you, it's comfortable, it's relaxed, and the, the energy of the place and the acoustic is really, really good. And for for this project for Trump and Water, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be really, really, really beautiful. It's been a pleasure to have you. Un placer to have you on La Raza Chronicles Crónicas de la Raza Omar. Wish you good luck on the rest of your tour. And oh, thank you. Good luck uh, at the Freight and Salvage. Well, thank you so much. Well, it's a pleasure for me to come back to uh, to come back home, like I would say, because everything, in a way, is star in the Bay Area. And every time I come to the Bay Area, I feel like myself in home. You know, because you know, I I walk for all these all these streets in in Berkeley, in Oakland, in San Francisco, and well, you know, and contento, feliz de de regresar a la al área de la bahía y bueno y aunque he perdido un poco mi inglés I, I try to I try to do my best to to, to express myself in English pero bueno eh, lo importante creo que es eh, dar amor dar luz dar, dar paz y buscar la unidad I think the best thing is to cherry like I said before give love peace and unity and yeah no matter if I if I don't speak really good English you know my love my love is all all the time, hundred percent, hundred percent, for the people, to the people, and with the people. And here we have another ticket giveaway. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to go see Orishas direct from Cuba plus Dos Ford, Santurno plus DJ Julicio and DJ Walt Diggs. So bringing you some of the best salsa cubana, timba that you'll hear here in the Bay, some of our favorite DJs, hosted by Las Racas. That'll be on Saturday, March 23rd at 9 p.m. at the UC Theater, which is 2036 University Avenue in Berkeley. This show is going to be an exciting one, and we're going to give away tickets to... We'll give tickets away to the first person who can call in and tell us their favorite Orisha song. We're going to be able to give those tickets away. You can find out more about this show at theuctheater.org. Don't miss it. Candidato uh -huh. para rumbear en la cadencia Represento mis ancestros, toda la mezcla yes. No lo pierdas bro, Yo. latinoamericano de La Habana Te lo mando con sabor mejor Aprenderás que en la rumba está la esencia Que mi guaguanco es sabroso y tiene buena mezcla yes. A mi vieja y linda Habana, Habana. un sentimiento de manana Habana. Todo eso representas
hablando en el micro Escucha como dice Michael Nico La música cubana vale mucho chico Bifón que estilo mira viene de La Habana Baba vas-y bouge ton cul sur le beat Écoute ça, je prêche pour ma chapelle Panam, je représente gars Mes reflets de la Havana, je rappe c'est mon dada Michael Nico, chico, soy loco, siempre flow Je représente la salsa, le soleil de Cuba J'oublie Paris, la pluie, son ciel gris et tout ça Chef de Benana sur la plage de Havana Pavane, sous les palmiers à fumer, je représente ça Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza, and this is the calendar of events and happenings for the Bay Area. For Saturday, March 16th, where we are welcome, building sanctuary for migrants arriving in the Bay Area. Join Surge Bay Area, Surge San Francisco, the Interfaith Movement for Human Integrity, and the Cahila Community Synagogue for an evening of solidarity and action as we learn about the experience of asylum seekers who have traveled as part of a caravan and learn about and sign up for direct, concrete ways to support those seeking asylum in the U.S. This is at the Cahila Community Synagogue, 1300 Grand Avenue in Piedmont, from 7 to 9 p.m. For more information, go to surgebayarea.org. That's S-U-R-J bayarea.org. Also for Saturday, March 16th, come celebrate the second anniversary of the underground Cumbia Amba, with Bay Area artists Calafia Armada, La Gran Puchica, and Calmao, with members from Pasto Seco, performing Cumbia All Night at La Estreita Cafe, 446 East 12th Street in Oakland. Starts at 8 p.m. and is wheelchair accessible. For Wednesday and Thursday, March 20th and 21st, come listen to the exquisite sounds of Transparent Water Trio featuring Cuban pianist Omar Sosa, Senegalese Cora Master Seku Quieta and Venezuelan percussionist Gustavo Ovales at The Frame Salvage, 2020 Addison Street in Berkeley. All shows start at 8 p.m. and are wheelchair accessible. For more information, go to thefreight.org. For Saturday, March 23rd, come listen to some hip-hop with Cuban band Orishas, along with local DJs Julicio and Walt Diggs, hosted by local Bay Area band Los Racas. This is at UC Theater, 2036 University Hall. Starts at 9 p.m. TheUCTheater.org For Sunday, March 24th, Voces del Campo, an afternoon of story and song about the farm worker and immigrant experience. 
with special guest singer Cynthia Silva La Grande. This is at the Eric Quesada Center for Culture and Politics, 518 Valencia Street in San Francisco, from 2 to 4 p.m. For Saturday, March 30th, join local artists Diana Gameros, Maria Jose Montijo, and Jose Lobo for a journey through Latin America by way of original music, folk tunes from their native countries, and stories about their own immigrant journeys. The event will be held at St. Cyprian's Episcopal Church, 2097 Turk Street in San Francisco, from 8 to 11 p.m. And this has been a calendar of events and happenings for the Bay Area. If you would like to add your event to our calendar, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. Feliz noches! You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. If you'd like to stay up on our news, like us on Facebook at La Raza Chronicles on Facebook. If you want to hear this program or share it with a friend, you can go to soundcloud.com slash La Raza Chronicles and share it. If you have any ideas for interviews we should be doing or would like to get involved with our collective, you can email us at larasachronicles at kpfa.org. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches.